0: Support for Always Sunny in Chief's Kingdom is brought to you as always by Manscaped for all your male grooming needs. We want to say thank you to our listeners who continue to support the podcast by shopping online at manscaped.com and getting 20% off your entire order with the promo code SUNYNKC. You guys have helped us fund this podcast and we keep bringing you guys Chief's content every week, so we appreciate that. You already know about the Lawnmower 3.0, the best hygiene tool for the modern man with patent skin safe technology that makes getting nicked a thing of the past. But they also have a nice nail kit called the Shears 2.0, which has tempered stainless steel tools, including slash tip tweezers, round point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. I'm a personal believer in these products, and if you're frustrated with your electric razors running out of batteries, becoming dull, catching your skin, you owe it to yourself to try out Manscaped. Just remember to use promo code SUNNYNKC to get 20% off your entire order. Manscaped, take your grooming game to the next level. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming.
1: To it's Always Sunny in Chiefs Kingdom, brought to you by Sports Illustrated's Arrowhead Report, si.com slash nfl slash chiefs, on Twitter at sichiefs, and of course our sponsor Manscaped. I'm Austin, feeling better this week on Twitter at RealBirdLawyer, and here with me as always is my man Taylor Witt. You can find him on Twitter at Taylor underscore Taylor, what's going on? Man, it
0: is all business this week. This oh is the God. time. We are in the middle in the middle of it this is you know the other 11 months of the year are all building up to January and the first day
1: of February so
0: we're here this is the
1: Chiefs are right in the thick of it baby uh it's great Mitch Holthus shout out there uh we have so much going on this week the season that matters is finally here and it's finally the Chiefs turn to play so the Chiefs have a playoff opponent it's the Cleveland Browns who yeah, the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns. So here's what we're going to do this week. First, we're going to talk about super Wild Card weekend. The Chiefs uh, got to sit at home and watch on our couches just like all of us did. Patrick Mahomes had his notebook out, getting ready to go, taking notes. We're going to talk about those games a little bit. Roll that right on into a preview of what's happening this weekend, the divisional round when the Chiefs are playing against the Browns. Then we're going to do our preview of that game, Chiefs versus Browns. And then we're going to close it out, Taylor with a little, uh, little nostalgia, a little, uh, little draft action. We're going to draft our top ten plays from last year's playoffs. Now, astute listeners will say, well, didn't you draft playoff plays already? No. No, Taylor, we did not. Technically we not. Drafted, we drafted Patrick Mahomes plays, and we drafted non-Patrick Mahomes plays of the 2019 season. And through that, we hit a lot of postseason plays because they were very exciting. and there were All the good of-
0: ones, all the hits.
1: That's right. All the good ones, all the hits. We're going to draft those at the end. We haven't done a draft in a little while. But first, Taylor, we got to talk about Super Wildcard Weekend. So this was the first time ever that wildcard weekend became super and we had six games to talk about and i guess let's just go through them in order and kind of get some quick thoughts on the ones that are worth talking about there there are some that we we probably don't need to talk about so the first game of super wildcard weekend was bill's colts what did you think about this game it was
0: bonkers it was a a very dramatic and it, it was full of failure and it was full of blown calls both coaching calls and referee calls um the bills who were supposed to be God's gift to football. And, yeah, hottest uh, team in the know, NFL. I was hottest thought. team in the NFL. Josh Allen, MVP candidate and all that stuff. They really, really struggled with this Colts team. Oh, they should have lost. They should have lost the game. They The Colts left so many points on the board. That was my main takeaway was from – Failed conversions in you know inside the five yard line, which they had a failed fourth and goal that Philip Rivers dropped fifteen yards back and threw a, a, a awful awful pass, and then they missed a field goal, obviously, which is easy points that you leave on the board, and then
1: yeah, short you know, field goal too, like a short field yarder, goal. It
0: was under yeah, it was under forty, um, and and you know. The drive to end half in the end half where the Bills ended up oh putting seven on the board with some just absolute bailout ridiculous uh, throws on the sideline that they barely barely. I th- actually think both throws, if they were called incomplete on the field upon review, would have stayed
1: incomplete. Yeah, but I agree. they just it was bang bang. They called them both in,
0: and uh, then and,
1: and then Taylor and yes. then on fourth down the Bills lined up. <laughs> Clearly, trying to get the Colts. The most to obvious, obvious Almost.
0: jump ever.
1: They weren't going to go for it. Yeah. And the Colts jumped off sides. Yeah. And they gave my first down. Bo's and up. then they dropped a pick.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then, the,
1: and then the Bills scored a touchdown.
0: Yes. Yes. So they gave the the Bills were going to hold them to three, and then they were going to hold them to zero with the pick, and they end up giving up seven theirs so, or sorry, the Colts. So I mean, the whole thing was just. It was very frustrating, I guess, from one perspective. The one perspective would be that fans that wanted the Colts to beat the Bills then. But yeah, it, it wasn't was very frustrating from the sense that, like, the Bills are not a super team. They're fine. They're a good team. They've got, you know, Allen had 324 yards, two touchdowns. He, he, he was good. But, he was like, good. this team's beatable. This team's totally beatable, and the Colts showed that.
1: That's going to be our takeaway from all of these games. Let's go to uh, the rest of Saturday was NFC. It wasn't very interesting. Ram Seahawks, we can talk about briefly. Seahawks are going home after a 12-win season. Mm. They just fired uh, Schottenheimer, Brian Schottenheimer, their offense coordinator. Pete Carroll gave a presser where he said they need to run the ball more <laughs> and more effectively. I, I, I mean, I guess this game is worth talking about in the sense that John, John Wolford started this game and then... Jared Goff came in in relief and it was good enough to win. I mean, this, this was kind of a fun game, but I I don't know. It was just weird. Russell Wilson had an amazing touchdown to DK Metcalf. Yeah. Which was very Pat Mahomes-esque. Wolford only threw
0: six passes before he got hurt. He got knocked out early in this one. Yeah. Jared Goff's broken finger had to come in
1: yeah and he had to go to the emergency room like they yeah. had to, they had to take him in an ambulance to the hospital it, it was a weird game it wasn't that exciting it's not interesting to the chiefs unless the rams knock off the packers this weekend sure. and then beat the winner of saints bucks and make it to the super bowl so uh, we don't really I
0: think even if the rams knock off the packers which we'll talk about that game here in a little bit that's important even if they end up losing the next game just because the packers to me sure. are the main threat to the chiefs and if yeah, if fair. they can be knocked off at any any round, I'm all for it. We'll go to the next game, which was Bucks football team. Um, everyone was really looking forward to the potential of Alex Smith playing this game. Obviously, his surgically I was going to say surgically repaired calf, but it's actually the calf that was used to surgically repair his leg yeah. um, acted up, and he couldn't couldn't make it go. But you know, it was a a really really brave and fun effort from taylor heineke of um, xfl fame before this year he ended up throwing for 300 yards against a really good tampa bay defense um looked pretty good for most of the game he had an amazing rushing touchdown scrambling around and and ended up making a really nice diving play at the pylon and um put up a good effort it wasn't enough tampa bay is a pretty good team beat him 31 23 but um it was that was a more interesting game than i thought it had any right to be
1: you know, it was it was fun, and Taylor Heineke was a he played for the Battlehawks, and he yeah. was technically the backup to a guy that is uh, on the Chiefs practice squad, yeah. Jordan Tayamu. So, you know, maybe uh, maybe put Jordan Tayamu in there, see what he can do. <laughs> sure. You know, Taylor Heineke's twenty seven years old. Um, it was kind of uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it was it was more entertaining than I thought it would be. It held my interest until the last five minutes of the game, which. I was not expecting Um, Tampa looked pretty good. You and I have talked about this off, off the air, as it were. Uh, They're pretty hot right now. And uh, you know, we'll see if they can get past the saints. We'll talk about that game in a minute, but uh, yeah, I mean, good, good impressive effort by the bucks. Um, It ended up being a a scrappy loss by the football team, but uh, good for them. So first game on Sunday, Has enormous significance because this was in the AFC. This was the four versus the five, the Titans versus the Ravens, in a round three bout, which has some history. It has a past. Uh, (laughs) The Titans and the Ravens obviously played each other earlier this year. They played each other in the playoffs last year. Titans won both of those matchups. Titans, uh, they they danced on the logo. They did they did some logo stuff. Everybody's doing logo stuff now these days. they're, They're disrespecting the logo the titans my god what what were they doing in this game well they
0: jumped out to a 10-0 lead and i thought what they were doing was the same thing they've done to the ravens for the last two times they played them which is to beat that ass and they didn't end up doing it they um they kind of just went into stall mode on offense that was really where they lost they only lost this game 20 to 13 the ravens didn't Put the you know beat the brakes off of them like like the Ravens have done to bad teams. They only put twenty points up, but the problem was the Titans' offense. They couldn't get anything going against that Ravens' defense. They um, after jumping out to the big lead and everyone everyone talked about how the Ravens hadn't won a game when they were trailing by more than ten, and they hadn't blah 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 blah. Lamar, Lamar had hadn't won the playoff they game, hadn't won exactly. playoff game. They hadn't beaten the Titans the last two times they played them. This was a big monkey off the back game for Lamar and the Ravens, and. You know, good for them. They got it done. Lamar ran for 136 yards, including a ridiculous 48-yard touchdown run. Um, He looked like he kind of had a little bit of swagger. I think maybe the most interesting part of their offense to me was that Hollywood Brown had 109 yards receiving, which is Mm -hmm. a rarity for a a draft bust like him. Um, And you know, they didn't. I mean, they ran for 236 yards. What really and honestly, the reason that the Titans offense stalled was Derrick Henry he only had 40 yards rushing on 18 carries a guy that would would regularly run for 200 plus yards in their big games this year he would cut up everybody including the Ravens the first time they played him this year and they just he just didn't have it they clearly game plan for him they clearly wanted to make sure that Ryan Tannehill had to beat them and he just couldn't get it done
1: man they this was like a an example of how not to run your team and Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator for the Titans has been a big hot coaching candidate in the cycle has gotten a lot of, Head coaching interviews, man, I don't know if he was just mailing it in so that he could go on to do his head coaching interviews or what it is. Nobody has hired anybody yet, which is also kind of weird. It's uh, January 13th that we're recording this, and we've gone like two weeks into the coaching cycle, and nobody's actually hired anybody yet. But, man, they were running the ball on first down like every single drive. They were getting two yards per carry. The Ravens were stacking the box, and they just didn't – I mean. They got out to that 10 nothing lead by feeding A.J. Brown, who was unstoppable and looked amazing. He's an absolute beast. Yeah. And then, Taylor, trailing by four, 17-13. Oh, Mike in Ravens territory on fourth and – it was either fourth and one or fourth and two. two it was fourth I and think, short. fourth and two. Yeah, Fourth and two. They punted the ball. It was the 100th percentile <laughs> most cowardly punt of the year. Now, listen, we, we look at this – Twitter account, which is fantastic. Yeah. It tracks cowardly, cowardly punts, the surrender index 100th percentile. As in there was no worse punt in the entire 2020 season than that punt. I, it was. They met uh, 25 I, yards of field just, position. It I mean, was
0: fourth and two at the Baltimore 40 and they punted and with 10 minutes to go down four in the oh, playoffs. It's crazy. And they, they punted down to the 15 and Baltimore kicked a field goal to go up seven. And then uh, Marcus Peters picked off Ryan Tannehill on the ensuing drive with under two minutes to go, and that was that. The receiver
1: fell down, but yeah, uh, yeah, he, yeah, he he got you know, the pick. You're, Mar- right, Marcus, you're right, Marcus. Marcus Marcus <laughs> get trapped that one, but you know, yeah, you worked uh, one there. Uh, no, I wasn't. I, I listen, <laughs> uh, this is Kareem Hunt week. Uh, if Marcus Peters makes it to the next round, next week can be Marcus Peters week. Ooh, uh, that's juicy. Yeah, it is juicy. I, I mean, the Titans didn't deserve to win this game because they played bad, but I wasn't scared by the Ravens either. This is going to be the theme of all of our possible opponents here, right? Like the Ravens Lamar threw a terrible pick in this game, like one of the worst interceptions you'll ever see. He tried to throw a deep ball and he like missed his receiver by three or four yards short and let the guy covering him pick it off. And, I don't know. I mean, he was effective running the ball, but he didn't show me anything throwing the ball. And let's not forget, this Titans defense is bad. Trash. Like, it was it was yep. one of the five worst defenses in the NFL. They sacked him four times. They picked him off. They held him to 20 points. Like, if the Titans had their shit together at all on offense, they would have won this game handily. And so, the Ravens? I don't know. I'm not really scared of the Ravens. We'll, well talk about them more in a minute. Yeah, we'll
0: talk about them in the preview with Buffalo because it'll be interesting. But
1: yeah, it uh, will be uh, speaking of interesting insofar as it wasn't was not interesting. <laughs> uh, Bear Saints. Yeah. Mitchell Trubisky made Beyond. it into the playoffs. The disgraceful NFC sent a seven and nine team and an eight and eight Bears team, which frankly was less interesting than the football team. Like, mm-hmm. the, you know, football team seven and nine losing record made it in the playoffs. Taylor Heineke starting, you know, Alex Smith may have started. That was yeah. infinitely more interesting to me than the Bears. And they were playing a Bucks team, which is more interesting than I mean this this was a two versus seven and it was a laugh as bad as I thought it would be. Um, yeah, we should talk about the Nickelodeon broadcast because everybody's <laughs> been talking about that. Did you yeah. watch any of
0: that? Yeah I, I caught some highlights. I wasn't watching the game on Nickelodeon but anytime someone on Twitter were you would... watching
1: the game period? Yeah, yeah.
0: I was watching um, it on the regular
1: broadcast. Yeah. All right, um, I gotcha.
0: But it was uh the the slime in the end zones obviously a keeper. That was Fantastic. Love that. Uh, The over-explanations by Nate Burleson uh, were pretty missed for the most part, but he did have one hit that everybody was talking about, which is when he said – when you drive the ball into the red zone, that's like doing your homework. And then in the, at the goal line, that's the test getting the ball over the end zone. That was, if he's, if their goal there was to speak to kids about football and how it works and all that stuff, that's a home run. That was, that was was absolutely. That was great. So, I mean, it's a fun idea. I'm glad it was simulcast on a regular station so that I didn't have to, you know, watch the whole game in that environment, but it's a really good idea. I'm sure they got enough, positive reviews on it that they'll do it again in the future. And and maybe they hook some kids on football that wouldn't have
1: otherwise been interested. So that brings us to the final game of the weekend. And this, we had to wait for this game to determine yeah. the chiefs playoff opponent when the Colts did not pull off the upset that threw it to obviously the four or five matchup and the Ravens were going to be our opponent until the Cleveland Browns with Man. no head coach, because he had COVID to Kevin Stavansky was in his basement. They wouldn't even let him virtually coach or like be in the stadium somewhere, which is kind of, frankly, kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, They were missing some players due to COVID. They had some injuries. They had just barely beaten the Steelers the week before 24 to 22 to sneak into the playoffs with a negative point differential spoiler alert. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Browns rolled in this game. It was 28 to nothing in the first quarter. I I mean,
0: it was 28 to nothing after 12 Browns offensive plays. That's 12 plays. They had a fumble recovery for a touchdown, no offensive plays, Pittsburgh threw a pick on their next drive. Brown scored a touchdown in 3 plays. Pittsburgh punted. Brown scored a touchdown in 6 plays. Pittsburgh pick. Brown scored a touchdown in 3 plays. So it was just a, as as much of a blitz as really you can possibly have in a football game. Like, you know, the 28 nothing, the 28 points that the Chiefs have put up twice in a quarter, once against Houston, once against Oakland at the time. Um those were more like a natural progression of an offense and they were they were a natural you know it wasn't just every play went one team's way and this was absolutely fumble pick punt pick were the first four or pittsburgh possessions and they were all it just snowballed. The, the very first snap of the game that went completely over Roethlisberger's head. Marquise Pouncey has been playing with him for ten years. I mean, there there yeah, is that is not a rookie center to quarterback exchange or anything like that. He was probably just too hyped up for the playoffs or whatever. And it goes it goes back to the one and the recovery. Connor and Ben both tried to jump on the ball, but neither of them really had a good handle on it. Squirts into the end zone. Cleveland's got it. it was. Honestly, much, much, much more about Pittsburgh than it was about Cleveland. Yes, Cleveland was capitalizing. They were scoring the touchdowns and getting the turnovers. But that was all about how Pittsburgh was a mirage.
1: Yeah, I mean, the rest of the game they got out – the the other three quarters they got outscored by a lot. I mean, this was almost a game. This was a 12-point game with 10 minutes left or so in the fourth quarter. I don't have the box score pulled up in front of me. And Pittsburgh, just like Tennessee earlier that day – had a fourth and short in the opponents to actually think it was maybe at the 50, fourth
0: and six at the 41 down 23 to 35 down 12. I mean, and they punted.
1: And do you say with 14 minutes left
0: Uh, with yes. And actually it was fourth and one and they got a false start, but then they were in pun formation when they got the false start. So they could have lined up fourth and one at the 46.
1: Yeah. They, they took the false start intentionally to give themselves more room to punt.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love that. Love that. Yeah. When more room,
1: when you take a penalty to back yourself up so that you're, you have a better punt situation, that means you're close enough that you should be going for it. BT dubs. They had 100%. a touchback
0: on the punt. So uh,
1: yeah, I, I mean, it it just was. Yards. I mean, you're talking about a 12 point game. They go down and score a touchdown. That's a five point game. And Four, they had them on the left. ropes.
0: They like, did. Like they had come back God. this, that, you know, this game ended 37, 20 Pittsburgh was after the 28 point Cleveland yep. start. And, they clearly, by after cutting it to 12, forcing a Cleveland punt, driving the ball, they were going to win that game. They were going to win that game. They were going to go down and score if they had gone for it on fourth down there. And Cleveland was going to blow the big 28-point lead that, you know, I mean, it, but it didn't happen. And honestly, it didn't happen to the Chiefs' benefit. So as frustrating yes. as it is that, that Pittsburgh shot themselves in the foot there, make no mistake about it. The Chiefs benefit from playing the Browns in this round, as we're going to talk about. This is a great situation for the Chiefs. It's an amazing
1: situation for the Chiefs, and I was sweating it out with Cleveland fans. If we have any Cleveland fans, I can't imagine that we would, that listen to this podcast, congratulations to you. Uh, good job. We mm-hmm. uh, we appreciate you, and now it's time for us <laughs> to beat that ass. Yeah. Before we do that, though, Taylor, I want to talk about the other three games here at the divisional round because it's fun, it's exciting. This is the best time of the year for for football fans in general you, not just because we're cheese fans and our team is in it and we're going to win the super bowl again but it's just playoff football is really fun and all these games have got some juice right so starting on saturday at three thirty-five arrowhead time we've got rams at packers and we kind of teased this game a little bit earlier this is the this is the weakest game of the weekend for me yeah but it's still kind of interesting i mean the rams the Rams defense is crazy. Like yep. you know, they made the Super Bowl obviously a couple years ago, with an offense that was really taking the league by storm and then got completely shut down in the Super Bowl. Goff stinks, now he's got nine fingers, you know, <laughs> but the defense is number one scoring defense in the NFL. they, they got the best defensive player in the NFL. They've got the best defensive player in the NFL, and Jalen Ramsey, who's also yeah, extremely good. I, to be honest with you, we talked about this in our preview show before the season. Like, I just wasn't really sure that the Rams' approach here made any sense. Like, they traded away all their draft picks, and they didn't have a lot of cap space, and they like paid, you know, Jared Goff, which still doesn't make a lot of sense. But like Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, they've built a very good defense around those two guys. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They're nasty. And they, they shut down a pretty good Seattle offense who, you know, clearly they've had their struggles towards the end of the year, but Seattle was, they've got talent and the Rams took care of business without their starting quarterback. And now, well, I guess depend. I mean, Golf played for most of that game, but he wasn't himself. I mean, he was hurt. He definitely showed it. And now he's got another week to heal up from his surgery. Aaron Donald, who did have a rib issue that knocked him out of the game against Seattle, is going to play in this game. So that's great news for anybody cheering for the Rams. Um, And they've got a recipe to defeat Aaron Rodgers because what you need to defeat Aaron Rodgers if you don't have an offense that can match his, which the Chiefs are really the only offense that can match his, you need a defense. And the Rams certainly have that. They certainly can put pressure on that great, great Packers offensive line that's now missing David Bakhtiari um they can make this a game and it doesn't mean that they'll win but I don't think the Packers are going to run away with this one.
1: yeah I mean the we've seen the recipe to beat the Packers I mean the Packers were pretty dominant all year but they had three losses one of those was to the Buccaneers in week six and they got dominated in that game I mean and that was because of a a Tampa Bay rush that was able to get pressure with four guys and make Rodgers really uncomfortable. We saw it against Mahomes. They certainly brought the heat against Mahomes in that yeah. game, forced a fumble, recovered a fumble against the Chiefs. You know, obviously after the first quarter where the Chiefs just burned the absolute shit out of them. <laughs> they they were really tough. And the Packers also dropped one to the Vikings and one to the Colts. Those are all teams that have good stout defensive lines and can bring some pressure. And the Rams certainly can do that. And then, you know, Jalen Ramsey, I just was looking at the numbers today, you know, his matchups against number one receivers this year, he's been amazing. So mm-hmm. if they're going to have him shadow Devonte Adams, that'll be a really fun matchup to watch just as a football fan.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I saw that they had only matched up one time in their careers and it was in Devontae Adams rookie year. Jalen Ramsey was playing in the slot. It wasn't neither player was had ascended to the level that they're at now. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be fun. Um, it'll be it, very interesting to see how the Packers um, handle a team like the Rams. If they struggle with them, then, you know, that might kind of struck, that might, derail their momentum going into even if they struggle and win then they would play let's say the Saints the next week or the Bucks. either team has a very very stout defense it could yeah you know it could set up for some drama in the NFC for sure but I would say um let's go ahead and pick these games and I'm still going to pick the Packers I think that they're going to be pretty I think they're going to struggle and I think it's going to be like 21 <laughs> I was was, 21, 21, 21, 17 Packers over Rams.
1: I'm going to say the Packers score 27 in this game. And I think the Rams are going to score. I'm not going to pick 19. No team scored 19 points last weekend, which was good. I was glad to see that because as we discussed last week, 19 is the worst, most shameful score that you can put up in an NFL game. I'm going to say the Rams score slightly less shameful, 16 points. I'm going to say 27 to 16.
0: So then our next game of the weekend is going to be the Saturday night cap. That's the one that um, especially everyone in chief's kingdom is going to be paying attention to because it will determine as long as the chiefs get by the Browns, who they will play the next weekend. And unlike last year where the chiefs were watching Saturday night to, to figure out if they were going to play a home game or an away game, next week which was a lot of fun yeah um, this week they the Chiefs know they'll stay at home if they keep winning but uh, the Ravens at the Bills is just going to be a a very fun very hype filled young quarterback um, you know a lot of these te- the, these two teams have a lot of the same types of narrative going with them uh, the Bills hadn't won a playoff game in forever Lamar hadn't ever won a playoff game um, now they're going up against each other and the Ravens passing attack and the bills passing it or the Ravens running attack and the bills passing attack are both top of the league. They're both very, very well, not the tip top, but they're both very, very good. <laughs> and, uh, I'm very interested to see how each of these defenses handle the other team's offense. Cause I think they're, they propose a lot of matchup problems.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is a fascinating one because, you probably have all seen our dear listeners that there are four quarterbacks in the AFC and Baker's the oldest and he's still what he's just 26. I mean, you've got two young quarterbacks, both from the same draft class. And in fact, Baker is also from their draft class. So you've got three guys from the 2018 draft class and Patrick Mahomes is from the 2017 draft class. Yeah. And you know, all of these guys uh, are playing. Allen is playing. Allen and Jackson are playing in the playoffs for the second time, or actually, I guess for Jackson, the third time. Mm-hmm. Um, but first playoff wins for all of these guys. And, you know, they're going up against Patrick Mahomes, who's the elder statesman in this field, <laughs> even though he's only the second oldest by age. Right. He's the guy who already has a Super Bowl ring, a uh, Super Bowl ring, and and
0: four playoff wins
1: under his belt. four yeah, playoff wins already. Yeah, I, I mean he's smoking the field, obviously. But this <laughs> is a fascinating matchup because, I mean, like you said, you've got the ran or the Ravens' rushing attack, the Bills' passing attack, and two pretty smart coaches. I'd be really interested yeah. to see what Sean McDermott does against the Ravens. I think the Titans and the Chiefs have given the league a blueprint a little bit. Like we've talked about the Ravens a number of times on this podcast. Yep. the Ravens are really good at beating bad teams and they have a type of team that they just completely slaughter. But honestly, the Titans had statistically like one of the worst defenses in the NFL and they held the Ravens to 20 points and they didn't play very well offensively. Like they gave no. the Ravens a lot of opportunities on Saturday or on Sunday and still held them to 20 points. And so yeah. I think the Bills, even though statistically they, too, do not have a great defense this year, they do have a really smart defensive coach. And same same deal with Frabel. I think the, the Bills and the Titans both are a little bit talent deficient on defense, but I think they're well coached. And I think they'll find a way to limit – what the Ravens are wanting to do. Now on the flip side, I mean, the Ravens have a pretty good pass defense, um, but it does rely a little bit on blitzing. Now we've seen, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but when the chiefs played the bills, the chiefs brought quite a few blitzes and we're fairly blitz heavy and we're pretty effective with it. I mean, you, we know not to blitz Patrick Mahomes, but I think you can blitz Josh Allen. And I think you can, you can, rattle him and put him back into a little bit of old Josh Allen mode where he's kind of throwing the ball up for grabs. And so it'll be really interesting to see how this game goes. I love oh. that it's on Saturday night and we get to find out the winner before we play.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And I love that you brought up old Josh Allen, because to me there's still as fantastic as he was all year this year, which he really was. He was, he was incredible. Yeah, he was great. I, I still have a bit of, of is he going to turn is is he going to turn back into a pumpkin is yeah. he going to turn back into at the worst possible time in an afc title game or in this game against the ravens or something like that is he going to revert back to that you know crazy risk-taking not accurate josh allen that we saw for three seasons before this year or two or whatever it was and so I, I do find the matchup really interesting. I think that uh, the strength of schedule is a huge factor here. The Bill the Bills had the third toughest strength of schedule in the NFL this year, and Baltimore played the twenty eighth toughest. So that that's goes ridiculous. that goes to what we're talking about with the Bill or the the Ravens. They beat the hell out of bad teams. That's kind of their superpower. That's really what gets them going. That's what gets them momentum. And sure, they can probably use that momentum to go play a team that's pretty good and beat them. But they they really charge up by playing bad teams and beating the hell out. yeah of them. for sure they do. and they can't do that anymore it's the playoffs there are no bad teams left to beat up and I just don't think that they're gonna have the horses to stick with the the bills here I think the bills are a very very um dynamic offense just like the Ravens are but I think the bills will probably be able to figure the Ravens offense out better than the Ravens will the bills I'm gonna say it's probably a shootout and probably something like I'm going to go like 38-28 Bills.
1: I'm going to go – I like your logic. I'm not sure who's going to win this game. I think the Bills, I trust them more because they can actually – like Josh Allen can actually throw the ball, and Lamar still can't. I don't don't buy it. Miss me with that. Lamar still can't throw. I think the Bills are going to win this game. I do think it's going to be high scoring. I'm going to go – Thirty-five, thirty-one bills. So we're both taking the bills to face the chiefs in the AFC championship game. We do have one more game on Sunday. It'll be after the chiefs play. It'll be five 40 arrowhead time. That's bucks at saints, which whew, unlike the AFC playoff field, which is filled with quarterbacks that were drafted in 2017, <laughs> 2018. This is Tom Brady versus drew Brees, The two oldest quarterbacks to ever face off in a playoff matchup. I mean, and Rodgers is in the other one. And Rodgers is in the other one. He's 37. I, it's I mean, crazy. It is It is crazy. It's Goff crazy. is
0: really the only guy that stands out in the NFC as not being an ancient, <laughs> ancient quarterback. Yeah, this one's going to be um, very interesting, especially given how these two teams played earlier this year when the Saints absolutely beat the doors off the Bucks the second time they played. I have a feeling that Brady's been really, really um, keeping that – game in the back of his mind ever since then he obviously has a has an ego and he obviously knows that his legacy is on the line here and and all that stuff and I just don't think that um that the Saints are going to be able to do it a third time I know that there's really the Saints are very very talented and and if they end up winning this game I'm not going to be shocked by any means but I just kind of get the feeling that Brady's going to pull some bullshit because that's kind of when it's the playoffs that's kind of how he operates so um I don't really have a ton of game plan breakdown here, but I'm going to say the Bucks probably win a very dramatic one point win, like, uh, like 28, 27.
1: Yeah. I mean, not that I subscribe to this sort of mystical mumbo jumbo, but you right. are talking about a guy who has the most postseason wins ever against the saints who did make it out of the first round, uh unlike last year right and you know almost made it to the super bowl two years ago but then there was a no call on <laughs> a blatant pass interference uh near the end zone you know i it's tough to pick against tom brady in this situation as much as we rag on him and as much as i don't believe in legacy and you know mystique and aura and all those other stupid words i gotta take the Saints in this game, but barely. I'm going to say the Saints win 28-27. to
0: 27. Ooh, same score, just different teams. I yeah. love it.
1: Yeah. That, that'll give us some juice watching it. It'll be <laughs> – you know what? They're old farts. It would be fun to play either of them in the Super Bowl because they're both iconic. You know, it's, it's big names, right? Like, this is – you're going to see – you know, uh, the Rolling Stones and the Beatles or something on a ticket, mm-hmm. right? Like they're, they're like 75, but, and I say that as a, a huge fan of classic rock. And of course, you know, I've gone to see many bands playing into their seventies, but you know, you're, you're there for the, uh, you're there for what they've done in the past. And I mean, these two quarterbacks
0: are on the Mount Rushmore of the NFL. They are, they, they are, are as, are. as good as it's ever been.
1: Well, Newberries didn't even make it into the NFL's top 100 list last year, but you know, I mean, this would be I hope Drew Brees pulls it out because it would be uh it would be a big deal for him to go back to another Super Bowl and take out Tom Brady on his way there. We'll see. We'll see. Well that brings us Taylor to the main event. I mean, it's here. We we have been doing this podcast since, uh, what, like the end of February?
0: It was like February 15th last year, so yeah.
1: We're coming up on an anniversary here in the next month or so of this podcast. This is the first time that we've been previewing a playoff game. We've we played the full 16-game regular season slate. We haven't seen our boys in a couple weeks, which you know it always gets me kind of you know all a flutter when uh, yeah. you know like we we didn't see him in week seventeen, we didn't see him in the wild card round. So we got to see we're gonna see Patrick Mahomes again. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty exciting. Uh, just kind of your your general vibe, your general mood going into this game. And then we'll we'll break down the matchup.
0: I, I think this is gonna be an ass kicking. I really have felt that way since the moment the matchup was. Um, finalized when the Browns beat the Steelers. I think that there's just so much, there. there's so much momentum for the Chiefs as far as proving that, what's been going on this year has really just been a buildup for the playoffs. I think that that's very apparent when you listen to guys like Travis Kelsey talk about how hard it was to concentrate in the regular season because all he was thinking about was the playoffs. Travis Kelsey, who by the way shattered tight end records all across the board and was still talking about how his head was kind of halfway in the, in the playoffs and halfway in the regular season. And they kind of slept walk to 14 and one, if that makes sense. Like they, yeah, they, they won all the close games, and they blew out some teams early, but they just – it's always been leading to this. And I think these guys rise to the moment, and I think they're going to go out and they're going to show this Browns team that can't stop anybody. We'll go into kind of their DVOA numbers and stuff like that. But I think the Chiefs offense is going to come out firing on all cylinders, and I expect a complete ass
1: yeah, that's what I expect as well. Um, so you know, miss me with that shit. We're putting ourselves out there, Taylor. We made predictions last week. We're gonna make a prediction at the end of this preview segment here, but you know, we're 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 putting it on the line. We're we're committing this to the internet for all time. And uh it, it takes um takes some guts, frankly, for us to put it out there. We're both going to pick the chiefs to win big in this game. Let's dive into some of the rationale there. So we have our, our DVOA, which is a metric that um, we have liked in the past. Uh, Recently, I've been trying to cancel DVOA because (laughs) it's really been selling the Chiefs short. The chiefs finished only sixth in DVOA in the regular season. Uh, That included the second best offense in the NFL behind the Packers defense the Chiefs were 22nd in the NFL. And that seems low to me. I I mean, I get that, you know, the Chiefs played some – they played some bad games on defense. They played some tight games on defense. But, man, they played some good games on defense too. I feel like this defense has a pretty high ceiling. And special teams, uh, 17th, that feels about right, you know, when you're you're going with the season ranking because, boy, it was really, really, really bad for the first – Five, six weeks, then it was pretty good, and now it's fine.
0: First of all, DVOA tanked the Chiefs after their Week 17 game, which meant nothing. I mean, it was absolutely, they could have forfeited the game for all they cared, and instead, because the backups got crushed by the Chargers, they ended up, they they said they weren't going to ding them very much, and they dinged them. So... I was uh, not very not very happy with that. It doesn't make
1: a lot of sense. It doesn't make any but, sense. But
0: you know, I guess when you're running stuff on your computer and you can't go through every game and figure out every nuance of who started and why and all that. But point being, the Chiefs have an amazing offense. Everyone knows that. Everyone gets behind it. Even with some of the struggles that they've had, they still, at the end of the day, when you watch, I think I think what proves it out to me is watching other teams. Like, you know, you can if you only watch the Chiefs, you can kind of get into this mode of like, man, why aren't they scoring 40? Like, man, why are they you know, why are they punting? The Chiefs should never punt, you know, that type of stuff, which we are guilty of when we watch the game. But man, then when you watch literally any other NFL team and it's seven to three at halftime and you're like, oh, my God, these these are like it's really hard to score in the NFL for most offenses. And it's just not for the Chiefs. And that's kind of my. What I keep falling back to with this team is when when it's on the line, when Mahomes is in this in this huddle and when the Chiefs need to go out and put seven on the board, they're better at doing it than any other team in the NFL. And that's what you need to win a Super Bowl. And I think that's what they're going to show.
1: Yeah. And with respect to the defense, again, 22nd ranked overall, you know. When the Chiefs were in their first year of the Patrick Mahomes era in 2018, <laughs> for the vast majority of that season, the Chiefs were 32nd in defense. <laughs> and should team
0: have team. been worse if possible.
1: <laughs> it should have been worse if possible. They had a really fun thing going for about half of the 2018 season where they were first in offense, first in special teams, <laughs> and dead last in defense, yeah. which made for a very fun, very watchable product. Until we got to the playoffs and Tom Brady and his old-ass Shredded us, and D4 jumped off sides, or lined up off sides, I should say. He didn't jump. Yeah. He just he just, just lined up on the wrong looked side. Looked down of the- his feel, feet and was like, yep, that'll work. Where do I put my feet? Where do I put my feet? D? <laughs> yep, not not there. Not there. Uh, but you know what? Uh, 22nd, I don't know. I guess it feels about right maybe for the, the output that we got over the, the course of the season. But it feels like the ceiling of this defense is pretty high. And honestly, the last couple of weeks, the defense has been playing – really sharp. I feel like, you know, last year the Chiefs were 17th in defensive DVOA and it feels like that's about where they're going to be when we get to the playoffs. I mean, we're talking about a a defense that certainly can stop the other team enough times to win the game and get stops when it matters. And that's, that's really all you can ask for. Well, and that's
0: kind comes. of, that's kind of where the chiefs give up their points. That's like, you know, would you rather the, the defense give up early points and have the chiefs have to claw back? Or would you rather them give up late when they're protecting a 20 or 15 point? Lead sure. Or whatever. Yeah. And you know, at the end of the day, the chiefs can kind of can kind of feel the game out and figure out what kind of stuff they need to run on both offense and defense to get out of there with the win that's what they they just seem to emphasize that more this year than we've seen from them in the past because i think they realized that they didn't need to put everything on tape and they didn't need to show every card that they had in their hand because they were still going to end up be good good enough to get the win and that's really that's the main that's the name of the game in the NFL. So, I you play did, to win the game. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play. It. You play to win. And they they might be statistically 22nd, but I think you're right that middle of the pack, 16, 17 somewhere around there. I know it's only a six or seven spot difference, but I think that's really where the talent falls and on a good day, man, on a good day this team can Get after the quarterback and get the turnovers and like everything else. Their ceiling is high on defense. They just, you know, maybe don't get there as often as you'd like.
1: I'll tell you what though, Taylor. Uh let's talk about the Browns' ranks in each of these categories because yeah. uh well, <laughs> we good. both predicted a big Chiefs win. Uh Chiefs ranked second in offense. They had the second best offense in the NFL by DVOA this year. The Browns were ninth, so not terrible, still a top 10 offense, pretty good offense. But the Chiefs are seven spots higher um you know we're talking about an offensive dvoa of 23.9 percent versus an offensive dvoa of 5.4 percent so that's yep. like a a pretty massive difference the difference between the chiefs and the browns is somewhere between the browns and like you know the the bottom of the barrel kind of yep. offenses uh defensive rank chiefs 22nd browns 25th all right so <laughs> if you think the chiefs Who's defense got is, the
0: better defense <laughs> yeah if
1: you think the chiefs defense is bad Well, I got news for you. The Browns defense (laughs) is worse, okay? So, whatever metric you want to choose in terms of defense, whether it's DVOA or if you are a Neanderthal and it's something like, I don't know, points allowed or yards or something like that, the Chiefs defense is better than the Browns defense. It's – it's depending on which metric you want to use, it's probably – Significantly better. Yeah. I mean, 22nd to 25th is not a huge uh, difference, but in terms of scoring defense, you know, some of those crude metrics. <laughs> Real crude. The Chiefs' defense is much better than the Browns' defense. And special teams, Chiefs are 17th. That's middle of the pack. The Browns are 27th, Oof. which is really bad. That's bottom eight. Yeah. Or- five six i can't do math it's bottom, it's bottom bottom six <laughs> it's a bottom six special teams unit that is not good that's just it's not good it's not good no the chiefs are better in all three phases than the browns are yep. and the chiefs have a better head coach and the chiefs have a better quarterback so what you are you worried about
0: I'll, I'll tell you what makes the matchup fun and interesting and it doesn't necessarily bode poorly for the chiefs but of the pass versus rush dvoas for the defenses the Cleveland defense is much worse against the pass than the run and the chiefs and the chiefs defense Uh is much worse against the run than the pass so it is definitely strength on weakness for style points for the the chiefs want to throw it the browns can't stop the the pass the the browns want to run it the chiefs really can't stop the run very well but if you're asking me would i rather watch a team be successful at throwing the ball or running the ball obviously that's no brainer. I'm going to take the team that's going to throw the ball over the yard. And if they want to do, you know, if they want to hand the ball off to Nick Chubb 30 times or, or Kareem hunt, but, and Nick Chubb 45 times or whatever, sign me up. That's fine. That's a, that's a great, great game script for the chiefs to win that game.
1: Yeah, I so before we move on from DVOA, I just wanted to make an observation and that is uh, regarding the team that's directly below Cleveland in the season rankings. Uh the okay. Chiefs finished 6th overall in DVOA and I don't know that I mentioned this. Cleveland finished 18th. So Cleveland was middle and of the pack below there were 14 average. playoff teams. <clears throat> that's right. So there were teams that didn't make the playoffs that certainly were better by DVOA than Cleveland was. So the team directly below Cleveland in the overall DVO rank a rankings is the Las Vegas Raiders who finished 19th overall 14th on offense. So Browns were ninth, pretty comparable there 28th on defense uh, Browns were 25th and then 13th on special teams. So actually they were (laughs) significantly better on special teams, but special teams is obviously the least important phase. You know, when you look at these rosters superficially and you look at the DVOA rankings and things like that, these are actually, the Raiders and the Browns are somewhat superficially similar teams in that they certainly would like to run the ball first. That's sort of the basis of their offensive success. They have really good running backs, Josh Jacobs for the Raiders, obviously, and then Chubb and Hunt for the Browns. Mm -hmm. They have good offensive lines and, you know, quarterbacks that kind of, build their success around having a good run game and on the defensive side can't stop (laughs) anything like literally cannot stop anything to save their lives. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's an interesting comparison, but there is one key difference between the Browns and the Raiders that doesn't show up in the DVOA rankings or anything like that. And that is, you know, the Raiders, the Raiders actually have a fair amount of team speed. And that proved to be a huge factor in both of the games that they played the Chiefs close one where they beat them in week five and then a game that came down to a game winning drive from Patrick Mahomes and a late interception by Derek Carr for the Chiefs to escape with a win. The thing is in both of those games, you know, the the Raiders were able to have some success with their speed guys, be it Aguilar or in the first game, especially rugs beating the chiefs deep and beating them over the top and scoring with big plays in the passing game. And the Browns just don't have that dynamic at all. Uh, Odell Beckham jr. Obviously got hurt early in the season out for the year has never really flashed in Cleveland, but he's not available. And so their number one wide receiver is Jarvis Landry, who, as you know, from our long friendship is not a guy that I regard at all. I I think he actually sucks shit and I don't want to, I don't want to offend Jarvis Landry, but the man is extremely slow. He's probably like the slowest wide receiver in the NFL that still can function as an NFL wide receiver. He just is not a big play threat. Now he did have a 40 yard touchdown last week against the Steelers and when I saw that, because I don't think I was watching that part of the game live, I kind of was in and out uh, on Sunday night. It was a nice play, I, but he was it weaving. It was a nice play. He, he was, was weaving. weaving. I was honestly stunned when I watched the replay. I was like, yeah, how, how do they not catch him? Because he's like, he's like not running that fast. No. I, I mean, listen, Jarvis Landry is a slow slot receiver that will get you tough yards, move the chains, make contested catches. He's not going to beat anybody down the field. He certainly is not going to beat anybody on the chiefs, uh, defensive backfield deep over the top. He's he's slow. They've got Donovan people's Jones. who has got a little bit of speed, but they just don't have the speed at wide receiver or even tight end to stretch the field and beat you deep. And I think the chiefs can work with that. I honestly, I just like, uh, what are you afraid of?
0: You know, Uh, We don't talk about basketball very much on this show um, mostly because we don't really have teams, but it's kind of like, I mean, I have KU basketball, but we don't really, it's kind of like when you match up against a team that, that shoots a bunch of threes versus a team that doesn't. So like it doesn't really matter what the other, what the other team is good at it when they can shoot threes, that's an equalizer. That's a, doesn't matter what else the game script is happening. If you start raining them, the other team is helpless, and that's what the ability to go over the top is, and that's really why the Chiefs end up being able to beat a lot of teams, even if the game script isn't going their way, and even if some things don't break with turnovers and stuff like that, because the Chiefs are a three-point shooting team that are assassins at three. They're they're yes. like the Warriors, you know. They yes. they will rain them at any any point in the game. Yes, they'll, they'll just start dropping them. And when you play a team like that, the game's never over. The game's never out of reach for that team. But when you when the other team can't shoot like that or can't go deep, there's really just not a lot of fear there. There's just not a lot of – like the Browns, sure, they can plod down the field, and they might be very good at plotting down the field. But then the Chiefs can go have a 12-second drive, and it's just like, all right, all that work that the Browns just did was for nothing Yes, because the Chiefs just took it right back from them. And I think you're going to see that a couple times on Sunday, I think there's going to be some Cleveland drives that look nice, that they're going to have some one yard, two yard, four yard, first down, some three yards in a cloud of dust shit. And then they're going to score and it's going to be 14, seven chiefs. And you're going to be like, damn, the Browns are, you know, they're hanging right with them. And then the chiefs are just going to start raining threes and game over.
1: Yeah. I love that analogy. I don't know how we've never come up with that analogy before, but it's beautiful and I love it. And I mean, that is a perfect description that we couldn't come up with in week five for how the Raiders beat the chiefs. Like that is exactly what happened. It's the Raiders got hot from three and the chiefs just couldn't, you know, the chiefs had an off night from three and that's all it was like that. That just is Derek Carr was hot from three and the chiefs lost the game because of it. The, the Browns are incapable of getting hot from three. They don't shoot three pointers. They're like, uh, you know, your early two thousands, late nineties, yeah, they're they're like the early two thousand Spurs, and you know I'm a Spurs fan, so I'm not yeah I'm that's not why <laughs> I'm not be the Spurs at all. But they're no, very but much style. A, you know feed feed the big man in the post kind of thing. You know yep. you run your pick and rolls. It's not really a space cool. and pace. Yeah, it's it's uh it's nineties two thousands basketball, right? Like mm-hmm. that style works, but man, if you get behind and the you know you're playing the last five years the the Warriors, the Golden State Warriors, and they're raining threes on you, like, pfft, You're good luck. Like, you just can't catch up because right. you can't score fast enough. You can't score in bunches like the team raining down the three ball on you can can score. And I think that's a great analogy for how I see this game going because the Browns are really bad against the pass, mm-hmm. and they're bad against the deep pass. And, man, you hmm. know, ever since Patrick Mahomes' MVP season, when he came in in 2018 and set the league on fire and threw 50 touchdowns. I mean, teams have been trying to take away that element of the chiefs passing game since like week three of the 2018 season, right? Yes. Yes. They still haven't done it. (laughs) They still haven't done it. And occasionally we'll see teams that really can't do it. And whether it be the jets game, the first half of the Tampa game, you know, that, the Chiefs have that gear where once they start raining the three ball, there are some teams that just can't defend it at all. Like it's literally like, not only do you not have any three point shooters, hmm. but you just have got a bunch of big guys that stand in the paint and can like <laughs> block shots. They literally like can't guard anybody on the step corner, out on right? it. Yeah, Like you've got yeah. like Shaq out there trying to guard <laughs> Steph Curry, you know, at the three point line, yeah. you know, like it just is, I see that kind of being the Browns on defense, like on offense too. Like I just, they, they can't score with the three and they can't defend the three. And I think that's a recipe for a boat race. I really do.
0: Well, hell man, the Browns got outscored this year. I they, know. they had a negative point difference. I know. I, I know mean, it's, it. it's something that, that, you know, if their their 11 and five record where their differential on the season was minus 11 points, that was the second worst differential by an 11 win team of all time. Behind the 2012 Colts, they were 11 and five and had like a minus, like not that much worse, like minus 13 or 14. So the Browns, while they won enough games to make it to the playoffs, barely. They had to beat the Steelers in the last game of the se- the year. They still got their asses kicked by Cleveland or by Pittsburgh early in the year, 38 six, and they still they lost to the Jets, which is as bad of an indictment on a team that was in the playoff hunt when they lost to the jets. This isn't a end of the year playing it out five and 10 team that loses to the jets. This is a Cleveland team that was desperate to make it back to the playoffs that hadn't that that had the longest playoff drought in the NFL. They had to have that game against the jets and they freaking blew it.
1: And And they didn't have any wide receivers in that game, but miss me with that. Like I yeah, the Jets didn't have any wide receivers
0: in that game either
1: exactly and and guess what cleveland only has one wide receiver anyway his name's jarvis landry and he's a slow slot receiver so like you know miss me with that right like beat the jets yeah it's
0: um it's really as i said going into this preview it's really a best case scenario for the chiefs matchup wise and yeah you superstitious people out there will be like oh you can't talk about this. this is a great matchup for the chiefs whatever i'm i'm over that there's no there's no such thing as jinxing it's whatever. The chiefs match up well with the browns. This was our our team that we requested that you and I said if we could pick the the matchup in the first round, it'd be the browns that's the one that the the yes. team that has you know no leadership that's ever been here and done this they they have no. They're they're just happy to be here. And and that's great. They they won a playoff game against their heated rivals in Pittsburgh. They got off the the monkey off their back. Good Good for for you. Exactly. Well, the dance ends here. The Chiefs are gonna brown the Browns out, and it's gonna be, I mean, I don't even think I can predict a score high enough.
1: I wanna What tools do they use? I want to talk about that. I want to I want to give you some tools to help predict the score in this game. Okay. Uh, I, I let's start with this isn't a this isn't a points deal, but I just want to talk about the Chiefs' record. So Andy Reid, including the playoffs, twenty three and three after a bye week that includes the playoffs, in his NFL career, that's pretty good twenty three and three. With Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback after a bye week, including the playoffs, six and zero, and the Chiefs averaged thirty eight points in those games.
0: Shout out to Lance the Spoken on the tweet there.
1: Yep, that's right. He pulled those numbers for us. And then the Chiefs in playoff games with Mahomes. Like Patrick Mahomes is ridiculous. Okay, so he's played in five playoff games now. The Chiefs in those five playoff games scored 31, 31, 51, (laughs) 35, and 31. They've never scored fewer than 31 points. They had that crazy 26-point streak and then a 23-point streak game in the regular season. Yeah, You know, which finally was broken, uh, you know, against the Chargers, whatever. We uh, had the Falcons, L- but the, yes, the flip. Yes, the blip. That's right. The Falcons. We had the Colts blip in there where they scored 13. They've scored 13 twice in three years now with Patrick Mahomes as the starting.
0: Quarterback. Uh, I think 13 just once because they scored 17 against the Falcons.
1: Oh, that's right. They scored 17 against the Falcons. You're right. Still though. No. Yeah. I mean, in the playoffs, they've never scored under 31 points. Do we no. think the Browns are going to score 31 points? I don't think they are. I,
0: you know, if they do, it's only because the chiefs got 51. Like that's when Houston scored 31 in the first round, but the chiefs were so far out ahead of them that that's just, it doesn't really matter there. And no, you're right. I don't think the Browns are going to go out there. You know, they, the, the script for them against uh, the Steelers when they scored 48 was to gift them 28 points in the first quarter. And then they put up 20 the rest of the game after that. So like, it's just kind of, it's just not lining up for them. It's just not lined up for the Browns.
1: Yeah, you know the there's been a lot of uh, I I don't know naysayers sort of blaming the Chiefs for not winning games by more than one score. Sure. Guess how many games the Browns won by more than one score in the regular season?
0: Um, if, if they had a negative point differential, I'm going to say like one or no, a ton, right? Or well,
1: by more than one score, more than oh, one more, score than, one score, more than one score, zero or one. Wins. I mean it was actually 4 okay. but if you take out the 3 games that they beat the NFC East by more than one score oh, it was only one oh, they yeah, they that's right. they beat the the Colts uh, was their big was their one right. win Yeah they beat the Colts 32 to 23 so they beat the Colts by 9 uh they beat the uh New York Giants 20 to 6 so a 14 point win there Yeah they they beat the football team 34 to 20. So they got a 14 point there. That's a pretty
0: nice win. The football team actually had a positive point differential. That's yes. That's, uh,
1: yeah, that's right. Football team. That's, that's an okay win. Um, but then the, the big one, they beat the Cowboys, you right. know, in uh, week four. After, right. after Dak got hurt 49 to 38. So they, they put up points against the NFC East. They had one win all year where they beat a non NFC East team by more than one score. And it was the Colts. And, you know, they only had, uh, let's see, it looks like they had eight games all year where they scored more than 31 points. So half their games this year. They okay. were either hot or they were cold. So they did yeah. have, you know, they, they have some games where they did that. Now, three of those games were against the NFC East. You know they had a game against the Steelers where they scored big that obviously was in the playoffs. So that that's counting the playoffs. So it's actually well, fewer than half their games. But, and
0: I'm glad you brought up the Dallas game where they were up 41-14 in that game and Dallas oh cut God. it to 41-38. So Dallas put up 24 straight on them after the game looked like it was out of hand. I mean, Cleveland they they're not they're they're not a force to be reckoned with. They're they're glad they're in the playoffs, but they they have a lot of warts on that team.
1: Well, you want to talk about uh, you want to talk about blowing big leads. My God, they almost blew one to Pittsburgh and their probably their most impressive one of the year was over the Titans. Yeah. That was a very similar game to both the Steelers game and the Cowboys game where they yeah. built a humongous lead in that game. They were blowing out the Titans and you thought they this were game is over seven. They were up 38. They were up 31 points in that game. And then the Titans came back. It was a one score game. Yeah. They won by six. At, they won by six points. In a game where they were up by 31, yep. I, I mean, listen, you want to talk about the Chiefs making games close and making games interesting and letting teams back in at the end, right? You think? I, I mean, even if the if the Browns got out to a 24 to nothing lead in <laughs> the first quarter, Chiefs are going to win that game. I'd bet on the Chiefs. I would live bet my yes. house on the Chiefs to win that game. Who's right? more like,
0: likely to to finish a playoff game up 24? Last year's Texans team or this year's Browns team? It's last year's Texans team. Yes. Like they were, they were much, much more talented and they got up 24 and it didn't matter. So if, if that team couldn't hold on, then this Browns team sure as hell can't hold on to a lead if they, if they get that. I, I'm with you there. I think they, they would be, um, Browns fans would probably be more nervous than Chiefs fans would be with that score.
1: Let's pick, before we pick this game, let's, let's go over the, Let's go over the injury situation really quick, and then I want to talk about the Kareem Hunt thing because that's yeah. kind of that's kind yeah. of an elephant that's kind of an elephant in the room. Sure. Uh, so the injury situation: the Chiefs did have uh, Willie Gay, Sammy Watkins, and Mitchell Schwartz, who still is on IR. Uh, but Watkins and Gay did not practice today. This we're recording this on Wednesday, so the 13th. Clyde edwards hilaire did practice, so he's back. It looks like he is going to play. Sammy Watkins has been tweeting some smack and not really. I mean, it's a very light smack talk. Uh, Somebody tweeted at him and said that the chiefs had competition this week. And he said, I wouldn't go that far. LOL. (laughs) So Sammy (laughs) feels, Sammy feels good enough to say that the Browns aren't competition subtly. I mean, it's a reply tweet. So it wasn't even like he put it out there on his main feed or anything like
0: that. Oh, they'll find it. So
1: he's, he's going to play. I feel good about Sammy playing. I feel like he wouldn't be out there talking shit if he wasn't going to play. Maybe. I mean, it's Sammy, so who knows? Yeah, right. Uh Willie Gay, obviously that would be a big loss. Uh, it would be great for the Chiefs to have him back. But Anthony Hitchens is back, and Clyde being back is uh is a big deal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The you know, the the Chiefs are um they're getting I don't want to say getting healthy because they do still have their you know, all-star right tackle out and stuff like that and Willie Gay, but they're they've got enough weapons here. They are not a team limping into the playoffs by any means. They've still got Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and Pat Mahomes all healthy. And they're they're gonna they're they're gonna go into this game firing. I'm I'm very confident in that. And then the Browns, um, they did place a couple players on IR from that Pittsburgh game, so such to play a first-round playoff game. They lost their guard, Michael Dunn, uh, and they put a backup center, Nick Harris, on the IR, and they have their tackle, Jack Conklin, is questionable for this game, and linebacker B.J. Goodson's questionable, so I mean, they – They took their lumps in a physical game, in a division rivalry game against, you know, a a pretty tough physical Pittsburgh team. So just, you know, hashtag blessed that the Chiefs didn't have to play a first-round game and get nicked up.
1: Yeah, and the Chiefs didn't have to play a Week 17 game either, although Willie Gay did get nicked up in that game. The Browns (laughs) lost Olivier Vernon in Week 17 against the Steelers in that play-in game, which is big for them because... You know, they've got Miles Garrett, who's obviously great, but Olivier Vernon was kind of their other main pass rusher and uh-huh. the guy that made that pass rush. I mean, you know, if you've got one elite pass rusher, it's usually pretty easy to get away from that guy, right? Like, you could double him, you can chip him, but once you throw a second, you know, strong edge rusher into the mix, that's when it starts to get dangerous for opposing quarterbacks and opposing offensive lines. Browns don't really have that right now. I mean, they, they've they got Miles Garrett and not a lot else because uh, Vernon – ruptured his Achilles in the last game of the year of the regular season. And so, you know, that's a big loss for them. Um, that defense is going to get back probably Denzel Ward, their cornerback uh, who they drafted in the first round with Baker a couple years ago, who's yeah. a good player. Yeah, he's But, good. but their there's pass rush and their safeties have not been all that good all year and doesn't look like they're going to be getting a lot of help on that front. So <laughs> we'll see how the injury situation plays out before we pick this game. Taylor, We got to talk about, we got to talk about Kareem Hunt. We just got to, we got to talk about it. It's kind of the elephant in the room. Kareem Hunt came out on Sunday night after it was clear that they were going to be playing the Chiefs. They knew that if they won, they were going to be playing us because we're the highest seed. And he said it's personal to him and he's kind of been pushing this whole it's personal for me kind of deal. And, and this has gotten picked up and, you know, who knows what exactly his intention is there. Right. It's been picked up of course, by the Cleveland media, a lot of very dumb people spinning it in very dumb ways. You know, like the chiefs gave up on Kareem hunt and he feels slighted because they gave up on him. I, it just, it is what it is, but I just want you to weigh in on this Kareem hunt narrative. Like, give me your, give me your spin on this.
0: There are a couple angles. Um, number one, from the football angle, I have been pretty vocal about missing Kareem's Hunt's presence on the team. I think he is a dynamic runner, and I think that had things gone only slightly differently, he didn't have to maybe necessarily not get into that altercation, but if he had handled things differently with the Chiefs, I think there's an easy alternate reality to imagine him still on this team. And winning Super Bowls as the Chiefs' starting running back, I think that's very obvious. Um, the players seem to like him. Pat, Patrick Mahomes tweeted out um, that boy Kareem hunts real nice or something like that when Kareem scored his second touchdown of the game. I think they're you know the, the camaraderie there is real, and yeah. and I think if there's any type of bad blood at all, I just don't I don't see it from Kareem's perspective. I think the Chiefs gave him every opportunity to do the right thing and to, to, behave the right way. And let's not forget the kicking incident was not Kareem's first behavioral incident with the chiefs. Correct. He got into a fight at, you know, the put in bay in uh, in Cleveland early in December or January, or whenever that was. And I mean, he had several incidents where the chiefs kind of kicked him under the rug and said, you know, all right, we're going to work with you on this. And then the video comes out and that's all she wrote. And it's just, I I don't sympathize very much with this with this Kareem take. If he's upset, if it's not just like it's personal because I wanna I wanna play for my you know in front of my old teammates and stuff, he might mean it's personal like a sentimental personal. But if if he's pissed about it,
1: miss me. Mm. It's not the vibe that I got. But yeah, I mean, it's worth noting just from the angle of you know the Chiefs gave up on Kareem Hunt. Uh, Listen, the incident that happened took place in like what was a. February, I think it was yeah. February or March um, yeah. after the chief season was over. It was back in Cleveland. And I remember reading about it when it happened, because obviously anytime an NFL player does something stupid and potentially illegal, it goes into the news. <laughs> right. And so it was reported on the following day. And, you know, my take on it at the time as a lawyer was, look, I mean, like this sounds like a pretty minor case. If it gets charged at all, it'll be like a misdemeanor petty offense kind of deal. You know, he probably won't get suspended. If he does get suspended, it'll be for like a game or two. It's not going to be a big deal. And in fact, that's exactly what happened. He actually was never even charged criminally uh, for that incident. And, you know, the Chiefs obviously spoke to Kareem about it when it happened and stuck with him. They stuck with him. They didn't they didn't cut him. You know, they didn't discipline him really at all um, for that incident. Well, then along comes November, and that video leaks out, along with, by the way, a very misleading headline. Yes. It said that he brutalized. Brutalized. Listen, yeah. yes. that is not what brutalizing looks like. As nope. a prosecutor, I can nope. tell you that it's an extremely – and not to minimize it. Listen, I, I mean, he shouldn't have done what he did. But uh, – We've all seen he, worse. <laughs> he, yeah, he didn't even really actually physically hurt her at all and wasn't even criminally charged for it. So the video certainly put the Chiefs in a bad spot. the The headline that TMZ chose to run with the video certainly put the Chiefs in a bad spot because you know you read the headline brutalizes and then you watch the video, which Before was also the, cut the freeze frame. Yeah, exactly. His, yeah, yep. I mean they yeah.
0: they dressed it up. They TMZ'd the hell out of that story. They TMZ'd the hell out of it. That's their and job.
1: It broke on a Friday afternoon. You know, like right into the weekend news cycle, and it, you know at the end of the day, the chiefs cut Kareem hunt because he misled the team about what happened. And he would still be on the team if he had told the truth, because truth be told, it was not a very serious incident. All things considered, you know, it wasn't domestic violence. This was a stranger. They were both intoxicated. That's not to minimize it, but listen, I mean, it's like a, a bar fight, right? And it's not, it's not like a domestic violence situation. She was never, you know, she wasn't even injured and it just was, it, it's a tough situation for the chiefs. They obviously, they cut him because he misled the team. Yep. I don't know if you, did you hear Andy Reed's comments about it?
0: Um, yeah, he was pretty, pretty buttoned up about it. He wished him well. He's glad he, he's glad he was doing well. Um, you know, I felt like it was very, very Andy of him
1: it was but he did say i know kareem missed being on the team last year. oh yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 i loved he, that he threw in that little dig where he yeah. was like because he obviously was talking about <laughs> the incident that happened last year yeah, where kareem said. got in legal trouble again because he got pulled over and you know he had some weed on him or whatever and an and open was, container i mean and was, an open yeah. container and he was crying to the cop were like almost literally crying where he was like i should be in the super bowl you know, with the Chiefs. And so, uh, you know, I don't know what Andy Zengel was there, but I liked it. I, it was a little, you know, like, hey, Kareem, like, bro. I know you I know miss you wanted, us, but we I know don't see you. I know yeah. you wanted to ring last year. That yeah, could have been yeah. you instead of Damian Williams. I'm with a hotter girl now. About. That's exactly right. That's exactly what it was. Like, bro, I'm sorry. Like, you're rebounding with the Cleveland <laughs> Browns, but like uh, <laughs> Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes. Uh-huh. uh it's a bummer, buddy. I yeah, our new girlfriend's bit. name is
0: Lombardi. We're we're all
1: right. oh, that's great. Taylor, let's pick this game.
0: Yeah, um, ass kicking. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go forty eight, forty eight, twenty four. They double them up.
1: I like that. I think the Chiefs score at least forty in this game. I'm gonna get a little frisky with the pick, and I'm yes, gonna say that you score fifty in the playoffs Oof. again. I'm going to say they put 51 on the Browns, just like they did against the Texans last year, except I don't think they're going to spot them a 24 point lead uh, to start the game. Yeah. I think the chiefs are going to win this game 51. I'm going to say 51 28. I think that the chiefs get out to a pretty big lead. I think the Browns uh, score a little bit in this game. Inter- inter- intermittently, but I think the chiefs are just going to score early. They're going to score often. I think they're going to blow the Browns out. That's, that's what I think. That's what. It, that's my prediction. So I've got
0: the Chiefs by twenty four, and you've got them by twenty three. Pretty, pretty fun sitch.
1: I would take that in a beat. I would love it. It's going to be a great weekend for football. So we previewed the game, and we wanted to get into. We wanted to get into the postseason spirit a little bit. You know, it's like listening to Christmas music before Christmas, except way better. <laughs> we wanted to do a segment that we like to do on this show. We're going to draft stuff, and what we're going to draft. Is top ten postseason plays from last last postseason? We're just doing last yes. postseason, right? Yes. Twenty nineteen, no twenty twenty,
0: no twenty eighteen plays against the Colts or the Patriots. Okay, and last time. You pick first. first. Yes. I had the non Dan Marino quarterback at, um, at the first pick. So you get wasp. So congratulations. Yes,
1: I get wasp. Congratulations. That was a chalk pick. It's the Trevor Lawrence of this draft. I recently <laughs> rewatched the mic'd up. I actually watched it this morning. I had not watched it in a while because we had, you know, we had football, like live football, new football on to consume for yeah. the last, you know, 18, 19 weeks. And that was good. So I, I hadn't gone back and watched *Wasp* or *The Miked Up* in a while, and uh, I uh, watched it this morning. And uh, I got to tell you, it holds up. It's pretty good. <laughs> it holds up. Yeah. Uh, it, it made me uh, made me cry a little yeah. bit in uh, the car on my way to work. Um, yeah. I mean, it's fantastic play. It's a great play by Pat. Great play by Tyreek. Great play by Andy Reid. It just it checks all the boxes. You know, it yep. got its own turning point segment uh, from NFL Films. It got the whole NFL Films treatment. It got T-shirts. It got hoodies. It got you know all kinds of media attention. It's the chalk pick here. It was Wasp the play was of the year it. last year. Yes, Abs- it
0: was. absolutely. And it's going to go down in Chiefs lore as if not the most famous play. That would only be because they top it somehow <laughs> here coming up in the future. But um, yeah, it'll it'll forever give me the warm fuzzies. It's how the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. That's that's the end of it. Um, so that was your one overall. Very easy. Everybody knows the story with Wasp. Um, my, and our, I guess I should ask you, are you doing favorite or are you doing most impactful or is it
1: best or like, oh, it's subjective. Like all okay. of our drafts are, you know, okay. like, uh, people yeah, yeah. have got, uh, different qualities when they're drafting a quarterback, for instance, right. you know, uh, John Elway likes to draft quarterbacks who are tall and, uh, Andy Reid likes to draft <laughs> quarterbacks, you know, who are smart and can throw the football, you know, it's just all right. different strokes for different folks.
0: So I'm going to pick. Uh, my two plays that I'm going to pick here back to back at two and three. The first one that I'm going to pick is my favorite Mahomes play. Well, it's the run. It's the run. I think, I think the run was when it was kind of an out of body experience for me. Like it was just very, it was very mind blowing to watch him danced along that sideline and it just seemed destined that he was going to make the the touchdown. And I don't believe in destiny or any of that stuff. I just, he was magical I, on in that moment with the chiefs down going into halftime out of we were, this world, out of this world, touchdown Kansas city. I mean, it's, it was, it was just mind blowing and he gets up and he does the flex and the, the crowd is some of the loudest I had ever heard arrowhead at that point. I mean, the, the roar, when he, breaks inside the tent because the scramble starts off and it's, it's a first down. He's going to step out. The chiefs are going to get a shot at the end zone. Cause you know, there was 23 seconds left in the half. And, and then he has the gall to keep going and then to cut inside, but the chiefs had a timeout. So it was all dandy there. And then the spin, uh, I just can't ever, I will remember every frame of that play for the rest of my life. It was, it was magic. Solid pick. Can't and disagree with it. Of course, and then I'm gonna go a little bit. I'm gonna go with the Damian Williams game winner, the the touchdown run in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> these are all gonna be great, but um, but the emotion behind that play. So as much as the the run was was the football aspect of it. It was a gut wrenching play for the Titans defense to give up that type of play and it meant so much for the game. The Damian Williams touchdown run could have just been a first down gone down game over like that. The, the fact that he that he burst it for the touchdown wasn't the most important part. The most important part was the Super Bowl was just won. that was that was the win. That was the clinch. He's, he's streaming down the sidelines. He runs to immortality, all the, you know, the, the stuff that we'll always remember where we were when Damian Williams made that run. It was just, it it was very emotional for me. I I think about that play a lot.
1: Yeah. Uh, that would have been my pick here. I thought maybe you would go with one of the two yeah. that I'm going to take instead. sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm there's sure. a ton of, ton of great <laughs> ones here. Listen, I'm sure we have similar boards, all the good ones, all the hits. Uh-huh. I'm going to take, with the fourth pick, I'm going to take Rose Bowl. Yep. Rose Bowl ended yep. up not being – you know, it it, it it wasn't at the end of the game. And it wasn't a – you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a score. play of incredible – it wasn't a score. It wasn't a, a play of incredible physical f- feats of strength or <laughs> skill. But it really – I mean, it's it's just such a memorable – play for the chiefs Mm -hmm. to go for it on fourth down which they're not known for doing you know andy Reid in the super bowl deciding hey i'm going to be aggressive here i'm going to go for it on fourth down to take the field goal unit you know off the field during the tv timeout and send pat back out there and obviously we got to see in the mic'd up segment him advocating to go back on the field you know give me my helmet give me my (laughs) helmet you know um it's fantastic. It's a, it's a fun, it's just a fun play. I mean, it's, it's one of the plays that we'll always remember, which is fun. I mean, it's fun to have a play that and Wasp is the same way, you know, Wasp isn't a score, you know, Wasp didn't end the game. The Chiefs were still down 10 points when yep. they completed Wasp. Like yep. it just is fun to have these iconic, unique plays that we as Chiefs fans will always remember, even though, you know, it wasn't your game winning touchdown with zero seconds left on the clock it just, is, it just is a fun play. So that's going to be my pick with number four. Yep. With number five, and this is a play that I know is near and dear to us both, but I'm going to take the Sammy Watkins God touchdown <laughs> against Tennessee of course. in the AFC Championship game that put the Chiefs up with – the chance to go to – I mean, this was essentially – the, They won
0: the AFC championship. It was the that.
1: AFC championship clincher, essentially. Yep. And we talked about this play before when we drafted Pat Plays. It's one of our favorites. Like, this was an absurd play. I, this is a different one from Rose Bowl because unlike Rose Bowl, which is just a cool schematic thing that they did in an aggressive situation, you know, to get them the first and goal, which they converted for a touchdown – This was a ridiculous play. This was a ridiculous feat of physical strength and skill. You know, Mahomes rolling out left, going back to his right, and then throwing the ball essentially just off his back foot. I mean, like almost like a a jump pass. Not quite. He didn't get completely airborne. But, you know, just off off platform, throwing it like 45, 50 yards in the air down the field to Sammy Watkins, who roasted his guy and taking it into the end zone. I mean, you know, that was a dicey game. Uh it, it, you know, the run, you know, we we certainly felt like we were going to win that game. But there's a lot of trauma that we've experienced as Chiefs fans and uh, oh, that yeah. game that game was still hmm. close until that play. And that yeah, play they were was up on 10 th- at that point. And play. that play was on third down. So, mm-hmm. you know, it it was a that was when I knew we were going to the Super Bowl. And that yeah. is a Boy, I mean, aside from winning the Super Bowl, man, knowing that you're going to the Super Bowl for the oh. first time in 50 years, oh, it's an incredible feeling. Well, and, and that
0: was the hill that the Chiefs hadn't climbed. Yes, you know, the, the getting to the Super Bowl, and they obviously did it the first time they won it. But as Chiefs fans, we hadn't we had seen them play in the AFC Championship game in in the early 90s yes. and stuff like that. But well, in in
1: 2018,
0: <laughs> and in 2018, yes, correct. They just never got over that hump, and to get over that hump was such a relief. I mean, I was I, ugh. I'm getting chills just thinking about it right now.
1: Your picks Taylor.
0: So, great, great picks. Those top five, I think in any order were um, obviously the, the big ones um, at number six, I'm going to actually go. I'm going to give you, I'm going to go with two plays for six and seven that Patrick Mahomes was not involved
1: with. Woo!
0: And number six, I'm picking dirty Dan and I'm picking nice. the, the fourth down stop against Justin Reed. It was twenty-four to seven, sure. So it was the Chiefs were still down seventeen. But the the momentum after the Chiefs had just scored and then held the Texans on the very next drive to three and out. I mean, it was already buzzing in Arrowhead. It was already basically it was already game over, is what we were in the stands, what we were talking about. You could feel it. And and the fact that the Texans you know, drew up a fake punt. And then they had Justin Reed shifting around. He moved left, he moved right. And Dan Sorensen was locked and loaded. He was with him the entire way. He couldn't, you know, couldn't phase him. So then it's a direct snap. They go right. And Dan meets him two yards behind the yards to gain. And I I just, Dan's the man. And he might struggle. He's too smart. He might struggle in every you know, every down ordinary types of football situations. He might not be the best safety in the NFL or, or close to it, but he will always, always, always have a place in chiefs kingdom hearts for this play. And for the next play that I'm going to pick, which is Harrison Bucker kicks off 65 yards returned by Deandre Carter for 21 yards tackled by Dan Sorensen. Deandre Carter fumbles, forced by Dan Sorensen, recovered by Darwin Thompson mm. at the Houston 24 and, and returned, um, funnily enough, only for 18 yards because Darren Thompson didn't know that he could run the ball mm-hmm. after he recovers a fumble on the kickoff. But um, this was also, at the Chiefs had turned the last stop by Dan Sorensen into a touchdown. They had cut the lead to 10. They are kicking off after just having cut the lead to 10. And Romo and Nance are on the call, and they're talking, and as the ball is being kicked off, they're saying, how many crazy plays are we going to see in this game? How many momentum shifting game plays already are we going to see in this game? <laughs> because you forget, you know, the the chiefs had the blocked punt and the muffed punt and the the big Kenny stills touchdown early and all the, you know, there were tons of big momentum plays against the chiefs. And then they started getting some of their own with the yes. hardman return. And with the, you know, the, the fourth down stop and, and Romo and Nance are going, man, this game is insane. And as they're saying that, Ball pops out. Darwin returns it back down to the six. The chiefs are down 10 and about to cut it to three. And the place was just freaking electric.
1: I love it. And dirty Dan, as you said, you know, he comes up clutch, man. He's just, uh, he's, he's part of chiefs kingdom lore forever because of his clutch performances in the 2019 playoffs. I'm looking forward to seeing what we're going to see out of Dirty Dan in this playoffs, he's actually had a pretty good year. I, uh, (laughs) I, you know, he really seems to be settling into the Steve Spagnuolo system and, you know, contributing what his physical skills allow him to contribute, which, uh, you know, it's hit and miss, but it's always a good time. So that gives me my last two picks here back to back. And I'm going to follow your two Texans picks up with a Texans pick of my own that's going to be the go ahead touchdown the toe drag to swag the to travis kelsey and this play obviously as you said we knew the chiefs were going to win the game well before this go ahead <laughs> touchdown right. certainly as soon as the chiefs got the lead it was extremely over and we knew that this game wasn't even going to be close and in fact it was not the chiefs won by 20 but this was such a fantastic beautiful play that I have to pick it here. You mentioned the toe-dag swag. Obviously, Pat is running. He looks like he's going to cross the line of scrimmage. (laughs) Every part of his body does cross the line of scrimmage, except for he drags his foot, he drags his toe. It's on the line, and he just flips it between five (laughs) Texans defenders. There's there's Patrick Mahomes, you know, to – uh, paraphrase Darius Leonard, you know, from his yeah. 2018. Yeah, there's Patrick Mahomes and there's five Texans and then there's <laughs> Travis Kelsey and I lost Patrick Mahomes and then Travis Kelsey catches a touchdown yeah. is how I would, would sort of paraphrase that. I mean, it just was a great play. It, it, it's one of those plays that to be honest with you, we, we don't see as much with Pat anymore. We saw it a lot in 2018, mm-hmm. you know, the, the lefty pass, a lot of those, you know, Goofy plays against the uh, the Broncos at Mile High. You know, the the throws on the run, the short throws on the run, we used to see a lot. And I don't know why we don't see them as much anymore. Maybe it's because of the injury. You know, maybe it's because the offense just isn't quite designed that way. But, man, he is so creative. It's not just when he's swinging the ball 50 yards downfield. I mean, in short spaces, like, he can just do crazy things with the ball. <laughs> Yeah. You know, the the two-point conversion to McCole Hardman earlier this year was a good example, I guess. They, I guess we still see him. But this was a great one. I mean, this was just like a pure touch pass. I, I love it. It's a great play. And for my final pick, I, I, this is going to kill me, but I'm going to go back to playoff Sammy. Damn. I, I can't. I can't quit playoff Sammy Watkins. I really hope How he's okay you? for this weekend, and I hope that we get true playoff Sammy form. Uh, he roasted Richard Sherman roasted in the Super Bowl on the go ahead touchdown drive, setting up the Chiefs' go ahead touchdown that put them up twenty four to twenty and put them ahead in the Super Bowl to Damian Williams. And man, it just was a It just was a beautiful – I mean, like, you're talking about – again, this is a non-score. I mean, this was just like a, a first down. It was a big play. It put the Chiefs in field goal range, and they ended up obviously scoring a touchdown that put them ahead. But this is just one of those plays that, like, it wasn't a score. You know, it didn't win anything in and of itself. The Chiefs were still trailing when that play happened. But, man, it was Sammy Watkins, of all people. He's a good player. He shows up. From time to time, you know, yeah. week one against when Jacksonville and in the healthy. playoffs yep. are basically the times that he showed up in his Chiefs career. And <laughs> he he burned Richard Sherman. He credited Devontae Adams for that inside move. You know, he broke in and then beat him to the outside, and just a perfect pass by Patrick Mahomes dropped right in his breadbasket. I I just um, maybe it's because I was watching Super Bowl highlights this morning, but that's the direction I'm going to.
0: I mean, that would, would have been my next pick. It was uh, the Chiefs were down three at that time. It was a 38-yard play, you know, from the San Francisco 48 down to the 10. I mean, it was it was clutch, and and it was definitely a, a big relief. I love that play a lot. So with the last pick, um, I'll quickly hit some of the plays that I'm not going to select, just as our honorable mentions. Sure. Um, the, I earlier talked about the McCall Hardman 58-yard play, kickoff return that really kind of jump-started the the comeback against the texans that i it was just a very very big momentum play in that game Uh, i'm not going to pick any of the other touchdown passes of that game which was one to damien and two more to travis uh the game ending sack by by frank clark on deshaun watson That sealed that game. That was a fun one. He lost 17 yards and was scrambling around. And Frank got up to him. Uh, There was a 20-yard laser touchdown to Tyree Kill in the Texans or in the Titans game. The first score that the Chiefs had that was just a just a pretty ball by Pat. I mean, just very very pretty. And uh, then you know the Super Bowl. What can you say? There was the Bashad Breeland pick. There was the Chris Jones bat down on a play that George Kittle was wide open. And if Chris Jones didn't knock that pass down. Um, that was, that was with a three point lead that the Niners were holding on to. There was the Damian Williams go ahead touchdown that he, that we still don't know if he made it or not. Obviously he did, but,
1: uh, yeah, sure. But it was, it it was close.
0: Yes. And there was the, this is more about the other team, but the deep middle intended for Emmanuel Sanders that fell incomplete, that (laughs) very much could have given the 49ers a, uh, a Bowl lead. No, I am going with, oh, and there, there's obviously the last play of the game which was the Kendall Fuller pick but uh, I'm going with the Frank Clark sack on fourth down nice. that that sealed the deal that absolutely with the Chiefs clinging to a four-point lead which means if the Niners keep coming down here with a minute 33 and they were at midfield and if they convert that and go down there and punch it in obviously the Chiefs lose the Super Bowl but instead Frank the Clark Shark, as Mitch called him in that game or in that play, uh, he came up huge. He he showed up in the playoffs with a game-ending sack on Deshaun Watson, on Ryan Tannehill, and on Jimmy Garoppolo. The Garoppolo one, obviously, um, was the the favorite, and and really was the moment that I let myself breathe. I knew obviously the Chiefs still needed a, a first down, which they got with Damian Williams' touchdown run. But that Frank Clark sack, that was it. Chiefs took over minute thirty. Got the, you know, needed one first down to win the game. That was it.
1: It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. I, um, it's been fun to take this trip down memory lane as we prepare for the run it back tour, finally reaching its final stages postseason title defense begins this week. Taylor, it's always sunny in Chiefs kingdom.